Yes, those, Is that better? Yes, those earphones you have are terrible. Don't use those ever again in life. Those are ridiculous. You know what? Thank you. You yeah, should know that. From the bottom of my heart, Marva, I mean that. <laughs> I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, um, apologies to anyone who may actually be paying attention. We were both mobile last week, and our best intentions, we never um, the were on the, the same time schedule. Barbara, you froze up on me there? Did you hear me? The what's in the house? What did you say? Uh, no, so, it locked up. Oh, uh, uh, so Nafisa's in the house. She's one of a, a friend of mine. She's watching. I was in your state last oh, week. Okay. I was in your state and you were in mine. Yeah, pretty much. You, you know. Yeah, we kind of crossed paths. Well, wait. Um, that's really kind of backwards. What was that? But. Because my state is Tennessee, but whatever. <laughs> no, my, my state is Tennessee. <laughs> oh, well. I have, I have way more documentation that proves that than not. So. I might ask for, for a birth certificate or nothing like that. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so um, your travels went well. You made it back safely. The Lord bless. Everything went very, very well. Very, very well. Very good. Very good. I'm eager to talk about this. Um, I'm eager to jump on this topic here. We, we got we got a good one today. You're eager to... I don't know if I'm eager for it or not, mm -hmm. but let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Cause I'm going to... I'm going to be prepared with some questions for you because I'm interested to see what your what your um, process is on this. One. I don't have thoughts about anything. You yeah, you have you. Okay, <laughs> so you don't have thoughts about anything. You are relying on a reliable source. <laughs> right, I'm relying on a reliable source. I haven't thoughts about anything. Okay. So you ready? Yeah. So. Okay. Um, for those that don't know, our topic, it, it came out of a, something we were talking about a uh, week before last, and I asked him a question, and he reworded my question to come up with this week's title, and so the, um, the theme for this week is the will of God and your love life. Right. The will of God and your love life. And um, that being said... Are we starting with the scripture? Or are we start? Where are we starting? Since since you have no opinion, I'm assuming we're relying on the biblical text. I, I guess I guess we can start there. We we can start there and move from there. I mean that's 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 a that's always a good place to start. I think what you'll find out though is as we start with the Bible that um, there's going to be several points of departure because uh, we're not talking about for you and I. No, no, that's just thinking general. Okay. I think in general, for example, when we talk, let's, let's say we reference a text like, um, like Esther. All right, let's say we reference that text. You really like Esther. You keep coming back. No, I'm not. A, I'm not actually. Okay. I'm not. A, I'm not a very big fan of the of the book in general, 
example, but I think it, it, it bears to be, it, it should be talked about. For example, when Esther is looking for love advice, and not love advice in a, you know, in a romantic way, but in a, you yeah. know, how do I get the practical. Yeah, yeah, in a practical way, which we would call sensual way, she goes to the king's chamberlain. Now, you know, the question needs to be, needs to come up, and we can, if we did a, a, a study on the book of Esther, uh, we would see that one night with the king is, is not the, the generic, you know, piece of Hollywood movie making that it is, but uh, Esther is dealing with a man who, he's a Persian, and he does what Persians do. And Persian culture had been at one point in time corrupted to some extent uh, uh, in a way to where uh, certain taboo sexuality was, uh, was, not tab- was not as taboo in that culture. So when the when, when she when Esther goes to the Chamberlain, there was a nice walk around. Wasn't it, I, there was a, it was a nice walk in the park. So when Esther goes to the Chamberlain and says, "Hey, how do I get the king's attention? What do I do? What is the king like?" And the Chamberlain, the eunuch, the male eunuch, tells tells her, you know, a eunuch, a eunuch giving her advice. Right, right. Tells her, you know, <sighs> what the king likes. Well, how well, how do you know what the king likes, Mister Eunuch? Unless you know. You are a participator in what the king likes, and these are the types of places when we start reading the text. We have so no, oh, no, oh, oh, so no. that, oh, so that, so that, so that. You can't, you can't do that. No, 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 no. no. Let me, let me see what I'm saying. I'll, I'll go back, I'll go back and explain it to make it right. But these are the types of places that when you start referencing these places as you know, Bible advice for you know men and women. You know, it gets kind of it gets kind of dicey right in there. Now, just so that just so that my my Bible scholars won't be so offended, read the first chapter of Esther. Right, you see the encounter with the king and all his boys. The king has all his boys come from all the kingdom around. They send the women off somewhere with Vashti. Vashti's doing her thing with all the women. The king's doing all the thing with the um, with the guys. The king calls the um, eunuchs in and says, "Hey, do every man's pleasure." Now. They have tried to reinterpret that, misinterpret it, and everything to mean anything but what it obviously means. These men spend how many weeks with each other, partying and getting it on, and then one day the king says, "My wife is beautiful, and she wants. I want my wife to come and show you how beautiful she is." And Vashti, who is the only character of any real moral clarity, Vashti. Says, I'm not going to parade myself around all you uh, men that's been doing what y'all been doing with each other all this time. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting ready to do that. And so then what happens is these men who've been, you know, with each other tell him, hey, get your woman in check. Or she's going to cause us problems. She's going to cause everybody problems. And what happens, the only, one, the only character with any moral clarity with any real moral clarity, Vashti is thrown away in the first few seconds of the book. I mean, really, yeah. like, what, she makes what, maybe ten verses exactly. or something? Exactly. They, th- they, they throw her away. She, like, as soon as her name is mentioned, like, two verses later, she's, she's gone. She's done. Right. She's done. Right. And, and then the problem is, so the problem is, what you have here is you have a book in the Bible where God does not allow his name to be mentioned. 
people say, well, God is, you know. The, that was going to be my next uh, question. I, you got to, yeah. Okay, no, go ahead. God is the invisible hand in the book. And it goes without saying that he is. You can say that. That's one way of looking at it. But why does God single this book out as the one book to not mention his name? Okay. Oh, well, the reason is because when Israel has a problem, they don't go to God for a, for, for a solution. Mordecai sits outside. The pe people say, well, he, well, Mordecai went to sackcloth and ashes. He was protesting. He wasn't praying. He didn't go to God in prayer. He was pouting. He was, well, he, no, he was protesting. Look what he was, it's a public spectacle. He's outside the kings. He's outside the gate. Sackcloth and ashes. Making this big scene. Protesting what the king is doing. And what you don't have here is you never have a moment where God is consulted on anything. Mordecai leans on his, uh, on his niece's sexuality to get the king's attention. And when, and, when, and, when, and when Esther gets to the king and the king, you know, you know, you know if I die, I die. You know, they, they, that, that's, that's, that's the... Oh, yeah, they preach, oh, they that, preach really that really hard. If I die, I die. Surely you wouldn't about to die. You just got the secret from this chamberlain. And how does the chamberlain know what the king like anyway? But anyway, let me finish what I'm saying. So, 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 so when, when she you know, does all this, that, and third, doesn't it doesn't help anyway? Because it it doesn't. No, help. no. Haman has already got the plan in. They don't have a CNN. They don't. They don't have no CNN broadcast. So when the king says, "Oh, thou shalt not," and then no iPhone <laughs> alert, thou shalt not kill any of the Jews. Oh, hold up, king. We can't tell nobody in, no, in, in two days. And so what happens is Mordecai ends up having to fight anyway. And at the end of the book, what happens, Mordecai is dressed up and playing around with the king the same way the boys were dressed up and playing around with the king at the very beginning of the book. So God is saying, I'm not going to honor this. Yeah, 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 you guys made it out. My promise is true. Y'all made it out. But y'all didn't ask me nothing. Y'all didn't do it my way. And the mess you're doing, the immoral mess you're doing in this book, I will not sanction it. I will not sanction it. I will not say it's okay. I will not let you hold this up as something that I said do. Now, we, 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 we say, you know, well, God, you know, God, listen, I, this, this, this is the problem I had with the Sunday school lesson two weeks ago when they said God used lies and deception to get his way, to work his will. I'm sitting there reading that Sunday school book like, what in the world? And then I remember, then I remember it was a cogent Sunday school book, so I said, well, you know, there might be something to it. <laughs> Preaching the use of lies and deception for God to get his way. God don't got to use lies and deception to get his way. Anyway, that's a, that's a, whole, different, that's a whole different story. But, but, but that's why. Yeah, you are so on a bird walk. That's why when we start using these types of books, we got to be careful. You got to be careful. I mean, are you going to let me reference, you know, Ruth? With Naomi telling Ruth, hey, yo, what you do is wait till my man gets good and drunk. When he gets good and drunk, go out. Hey, now, you know what? But, but now, here, now that one, now, I'm probably fascinated with that one the way that you're fascinated with Esther. Because to, to understand who Ruth is, as a, she's a Moabite. And they keep bringing this point up because this point is very significant. Right. And it's the same point that you're making about the context of the Persians. The Moabites are known for some stuff. They ain't good people. And, and, and the history of Moab and all of, all of his lineage carries 
some sense this identity and they keep bringing that up when they talk to you know when they're talking about Ruth when Boaz asks well who is she you know and he he gives her all of this advice you know stay in my field you'll be safe blah 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 but when her mother-in-law tells her specifically exactly wait till he gets drunk wait till he goes to sleep really no 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 hold on hold on what you was just saying right Baba wait till he gets drunk go hide and lay at his feet and when he sees you he will tell you what to do he will tell you what to do <laughs> you can't pay you can't pay money for that type of comedy <laughs> Eddie Murphy ain't made jokes that good I'm like you dang right he will tell you what to do I bet he will do. tell you what to do <laughs> And then, then there's this whole wait. Now, 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 it's not done at that point because then it's, okay, tell me what you want. Oh, okay, now we got to get you out of here before anybody sees you. Right, right, because we're going to do, we're going to do, hey, we're going to do what you came to do, but I can't let nobody know about it. Hey, wait, 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 and watch this, Marvel. Watch this part right here. And just in case, let me see if I can give you to somebody else. I really don't want to be bothered with your young tail. <laughs> But if he don't want you, I'll if, but if you don't want you, though, I'll keep you. Know? I'm gonna go talk to Let him first. Let me go check him out. Let me show my He really, he really should have. He really yeah, should. He, have. he the one that should have you. I mean, you know, I don't. But, don't worry. You know, I won't tell him what happened tonight. If he ain't gonna have you, then <laughs> right. Then I, you know, I, I'll, I'll do what I have to do. I, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't tell nobody what happened tonight. It's just between it be our little secret. <laughs> But see, now her mother-in-law realizes that, oh, her mother-in-law is the one that realizes this opportunity. Now, even though Ruth is a Moabite, she, her mother-in-law is the one that says, hey, let me tell you what you need to do. You know, that, 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 that. Now, um, do me one favor, Marvel, do me one favor. Now, back, back that understanding up, back to our discussion about the Chamberlain with uh, Esther. How is it that Naomi knows what the men want? Because she's a woman, right? It makes sense. It makes sense for her. It makes sense for her to know, right? She's an older woman, so she. It makes she, sense for her to know, right? She's been experienced. She, she, it makes sense for her to know, right? So then I ask you the question again: How does the Chamberlain know what the men want? All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. So, so anyway, so the point is because he was standing outside the door. Right. That's that's the that's it. He was watching. <laughs> He was, he, was, he was at the door waiting to see what the king needed. <laughs> he, he wasn't inside the door. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He was outside. That's why he that's why he told the other that's why the king told the other eunuchs, do every man's pleasure. <laughs> no, that was just make sure that they had they basketball. Thirsty, make sure that they had enough Kool-Aid. Make sure they had yeah. no Kool-Aid and basketballs to play basketball yeah. with football. Some chicken wings <laughs> chicken or something. Wing, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> do every man's pleasure mean. <laughs> Chicken wings and Kool-Aid, that's, that's all a man needs, right? That's all he needs. In the book of Esther. Anyway. Okay, I don't know. Are we talking about our topic or are oh, we just we, rambling? Oh, no, we, no, we are. We are no, we're on topic, we're, we're on topic. Sad, sad we're to on say. Topic. Sad to say, I think we're on so, topic. So, so, so. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, you go. Because oh, well, I'm letting you lead this train. So, uh, you, know, you just want me to get in trouble, but I don't mind jumping out there at this one. So here's the thing, Margaret. The thing about it is we have to determine whether or not God has a a will and whether or not that personal will that that will God has is personal and then whether or not that personal will 
is a regulation of our love life. Because if God has a will, and this will is personal, and it is a regulation of our love life, then why, as a divorced man, just so you understand, I'm not on my high horse, as a divorced man, why is it we have this instance of so many different divorces, relationships that end for any number of reasons, I, I, I have not, I've not met a person yet who got married or who didn't say, I believe this is God, this is who God has for me. Now, if God had them for you, and you, at least you said you did, and, and, and if I argue with you and I said you don't know the voice of God, you would cut my head off. But when that boy went inside your head, you know, we had a different, I don't know if God said it that time. So, so we, 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 got, we got to discuss these things from that standpoint. Because I think sometimes we put things in God's hands that he ain't trying to be blamed for. <laughs> you know, God says something like, a man findeth a wife, he findeth a good thing. But it sounds like God, in that statement, has delineated a few rules already. And one of the rules is that a man needs to be looking. The other rule seems to be that a woman needs to be found. Whether that means she needs to be hidden or secreted away, I don't know. But it does mean that she needs to be found. Perhaps even pursued. Uh, the other rule needs to, seems to be that men need to be in the act of looking. And then the next rule seems to be that once you found something, the pursuit is over. You found a good thing. Didn't say you found good things. Man find his wives. Unless, of course, you're Solomon. You, know. you couldn't just let what you said stand. I you know. Now, remember that, Marvel. I don't think that, I don't, I've, I've never been one who thought that polygamy or having multiple wives was a, a good thing. That's women, 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 women got this thing all twisted. They think that if a man wants multiple wives, that somehow or another he, you know, he's 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 being uh, freaky or whatever. He's being stupid. If you you want more than one wife, well, he's divided. He, uh, he can't he can't be anything but divided. It's more than I mean, exactly. I mean, think about it, one. We, we, we have multiple wives. You're not talking about a wife and three girlfriends. We're talking about three wives. You can't halfway deal with one wife. What the world are you going to do with two or three? Hide. <laughs> Talk about run away. Run away. <laughs> run. I got to go to work. <laughs> I know I can stay at work. You working overtime again? Yes, I'm working overtime again. I'm working overtime. Good God Almighty, Jesus! What you gonna do with three wives? You don't have to want to deal with one. So, you know, I think we have to kind of dispel some. Of these so things. let me let me take let me let me take a different spin. Go for it. Um, on what you're saying, because one of the things I do talk about in my book, which I'm sure is not going to go over well with women, and I don't care, is um, why are you so anti-woman? The atmosphere of the home um, is very important. And, and like you were mentioning, although you were mentioning it in a totally different context, um, the atmosphere of the home is very important. 
and um, I, I, I'm just an, an advocate um, that, you know, women have to be attentive to that. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care how much money you make. If you want the job title of a wife, uh, yes, the atmosphere of the home is, um, is, is something that is very important. Um, and I, I, I won't back down from that at all. Because I, I know what it's like to come home to a home that is um, not have the right atmosphere, and I don't wish that on anybody. Talk, talk, talk about the, talk um, about that uh, uh, talk about that attentive word. Talk about attentive. Like, what do you mean when you say attentive? You're not you're not you're not saying being a participator in home. You mean being attentive. So, talk about what you mean with that. Well, I because I think our society has has tried to shift some of the um, the standard and responsibility of what happens in the home. You know, that, that there's this somehow we are same thing that's supposed to happen, and I don't believe that men and women bring the same thing to the table. Um, and so what a woman brings to her home is very important. You, the woman sets the atmosphere of the home. Um, and and I, that's, I mean, that's just, that's huge. Um, and I believe that so much so because I watched what my grandmother did. Um, I watched the, the things that she was very intentional about to, um, to set the atmosphere in her home. So, um, and I think a lot of, I, in just talking to people, because I get, you know, I'm in the hair salon, so I talk to women a lot. And I'm always amazed at what women don't realize they bring to the table in their relationships. So um, talk, talk about that then. Talk about that. We'll, we'll get back to it. I, 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 like, I like standing responsibility. What do you mean what they bring to the table? What do they bring to the table? They bring femininity. Or they should. Let me say it that way. They should bring femininity. And in that is... That is not some standard across the board because God created every single person as an individual. And every individual is created with certain gifts and interests and characteristics and style. And all of those things are becoming to what that person brings into their home, into their relationship. So... Um, and this is also why I think we haven't gotten there yet, but this is also part of the reason why I don't think um, who you end up with is helter-skelter. I, I really don't, mm. but I'll get, back, I'll get back to that later. Um, so in what women bring, um, if women try to emulate men, then you really miss out on bringing what God has gifted you to bring to your relationship. Mm. Because a man doesn't need manness. Mm. He needs that contrast. Um, and that doesn't mean that you won't have similar interests and similar... Uh, you should have some, some things in common. You should have some, some elements of compatibility. But the way women process information, the way women bring perspective to situations is very different and so I think if women start attempting to quote unquote do everything the same way a man does well that's not what 
being a woman brings to the table. Well, it, There's a way that women are yeah. that that's what you bring to the table. And, and, and I think most men would say that's what they admire about women is, is, is the part that they really kind of don't understand. Amen. I agree. We, we do admire that. And, um, the uh, opposite energy uh, is a good contrast. I oftentimes say that I, you know, I, I, lately, ooh, Mari's about to get deep right here. Lately, Marvin, I've met a lot of our sisters, church girls too, that have had four ways and uh, journeys to the other side. That is, they start messing around with other women. <clears throat> and uh, these are church girls. And um, they do this and they, and they mess around with them. And then they come back and they want to date men again because they find out that, you know, they're not getting whatever they thought they were missing. Uh, and, and they find out that they really weren't gay. They just were kind of curious. I'll use that word for like a colloquial. Let me finish before you, before you jump in there. Because I know you got something to say about this one. We talked about it before. I know you got something to say about it. But what, 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 what they consistently said is that, you know, they feel sorry for men because we have to date women. And women don't understand that men, we are equipped to handle the, the whatever you guys consider crazy, whatever you guys consider off kilter about yourselves, we are equipped to handle that. And we are incentivized to handle your quirkiness because there are things that we will get from you that we can't get anywhere else. All right? That is an incentive. But that's right. But if you're with another woman, you just getting the same thing you always had. There ain't nothing, you know, there's no incentive to be different or to be accommodating. I mean, yes, you could be yourself, but that comes with a with a price. It's like offering a chicken farmer some more chickens. <laughs> or fertilized eggs. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, just, just sit on this for a while. It's gonna become a, another chicken. Just hold on, you'll see. I know you already have two hundred chickens, but here's, here's another, another one. one. So, oh, so, yeah, yeah. so you know. Now here's the thing. Thank God they come to their senses because women. Can, I think women can do that. I, I, I know men that have been that have uh, dealt with uh, homosexuality, and I never advise them at any point to start talking to women if God brings them out of that stuff. I tell them to remain celibate. That might be wrong, but I tell them to remain celibate, that they should even... Now, do we get to ask you your reason why? Yeah, I'll tell you why. I, I tell them to remain celibate because I think they shouldn't even tickle that side of their personality because until their flesh has been reconditioned, and they, oh, okay. they, yeah. are, they are yeah. totally sure. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You don't, don't even, that. Don't even tickle that side of who you are. Because once yeah, you, I, I can get and that. then you go, you go mess, you go, you go mess up some young girl, or some girl, whatever, who's had a, you know, she want a man her whole life, and 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 and, and you sitting here, you you got the opposite feelings. You try, you know, you trying to, you know, be with this woman, and you end up messing her life up. You mess her mind up because uh, she, anyway. 
So that's that's my advice to them. But women, on the other hand, I now don't, I don't from from the from the spiritual standpoint, um, yeah, from a spiritual standpoint, I I, I definitely agree with what you're saying um, because you cannot be in certain types of situations and it not have an effect on you spiritually as well as as emotionally and naturally. and mentally. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, so let me let me go back and I guess start at where I thought we would begin. How you gonna have a place where you um, thought we would begin and then ask me to start? <laughs> Cause I really thought you were gonna I And really I did I, <laughs> No, I know, but I thought you were going to, to start at a really Profound. Place. Oh no, no, not today, not today. I'll be profound. And I was, week. and I was going to be the one that was going to reel you back into reality oh, no, no, and I, say, but, no, I'm, but I'm, what about real life situations? I'm doing, I'm doing real life situations. Went straight to real life. You know what? <laughs> you went straight to the thing. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> so let me say this, and I'll let you. Um, I'll let you go back and, and sweep it and clean it up if you want to. We'll see what it says. Um, well, first of all, you know, I am truly a fan of uh, endogamy. Okay. So You, you need to explain, um, that, explain what that is to our audience. Okay. Um, within your tribe. There you go. Within your people. There you go. I'm trying to think of the most simplistic, like not make it difficult. Um, you don't, within your context, within your tribe, is that fair? You don't, Can we stay? You, don't, you don't believe in those mulattoes, those Negroes. <laughs> you know what? Stop it! No, that's not what I'm. Saying. All right, I just want to make sure. I'm, I, I'm, I think you can probably look at me clearly. I know, and, I know. And, I know. Go, you know go what? Ahead. Stop it! Stop that! Stop it! Go ahead, mom. So, um, but I do believe from a spiritual standpoint, let's say that. Look, can I, since you want to just tear my whole theory down. I'll tear that down. Spiritual endogamy. I believe in spiritual endogamy. So, and what I mean by that is. You should only date culture people. know that I would say only certain people, but they would definitely have to be they would have to be Pentecostal. <laughs> because and here's why. Here's why. Um because at, at where I am in my life, I am so far up the road that I cannot at this point in my life begin to teach you step one, step two. There's sixty-six books in the Bible. I can't. I can't do that. Right now. Could, could, could they be? Could, and, could, they, could they be apostolic Pentecostal, or they have to be Trinitarian Pentecostal? Would you stay on the point? Go ahead. All right. Stay on. Stay oh, on I'm the sorry, point. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So in the, you just can't help yourself. You can't help it. <laughs> so in that context, um, I believe that God is very intentional in his creation. And so for me, that works into a lot of things that fall into my understanding of myself as the one who is called into ministry. Now, this may or may not stand for people that are not called into ministry, but this is where I stand because 
I believe if God has made so much of an investment in preparing you for a certain type of life's journey, that he is also has another person who is prepared to be on that journey with you. Okay. And in that, to say that God is as intentional as he is, is to number the hairs on your head. And then he would impart all of these things into who you are as a person, into your life story. I just don't believe that that gets attached to Helter Skelter and still just goes along with God's plan or God's will. Okay. Now, can you miss that? I think you can. Okay. I think you truly can because the, the job of the adversary is to send counterfeits, to send almost not to send could-be. Um, and those are very much real distractions. So you don't think God... But I, let me ask you a question. Because I know you're uh -huh. saying it's not haphazard, but you don't think God gives you options? Like, you don't, you don't think God works in types? Like, he says, Marvel likes this type of man. I will send her four or five options of a type and see which one she approves of. You, you don't think God does, would, would do that? I guess I, I should say would do that, but you, you don't think that's a possibility? It could be a possibility, but I think even within that, that if God can number the hairs on my head, everything about me is what a certain man needs. And everything about me is looking for what I need from a certain man. Now, are, can other people meet those needs? Sure. Okay. Sure. But I think there is a, a truly a perfect, not that you lack imperfection or humanity, but that God meshes the personalities, the visions, the dreams, the gifts together. I really believe that God has intention. I don't just believe that you can just get Joe Blow and go for it and it work out right. I, I just think that, um, that God's investment is God's investment. Okay, I'm with you on that one. And and so in that, um, I do believe you can miss it. I do believe you can you can end up with close, not quite. I do believe that you can end up with this is absolutely not it. Um, I don't have. You can marry. A, you can marry all those people too, right? You can marry. This is not, not it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> go on. You're right. You got that's an interruption. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you see how I deflected that's that. That's what one. I got. Go ahead. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think, and that bit now that now you do bring up another question because this is the thing that happened for me. Um, I made a horrible mistake when I got married. Horrible mistake. And. I own that mistake. But what I also found out was that the people around me told me I had no other option. Mm. And yes, I am. Thank you. So I struggled with that because you mean to tell me that any mistake I make in my life will tell me that I can be forgiven 
and that God can help me correct it and fix it. But this one I'm just stuck with. Wait, I, I need that because you know I me, mean, you know, I start asking questions and you're, you're going to have to answer my questions to, in a way that I understand. And people get frustrated when they can't give you an answer that you understand. But you mean to tell me I can go out here and I can commit a sin and I can say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'm going to change and I'm going to turn around and do better. And God said, oh, okay, but I have to live with this person that is making me miserable, who is causing me to think really bad thoughts, and you're telling me I have to just take this for the rest of my life. I struggled with that. I really, really struggled with that. Yeah, can, can I ask you this question? Um, can I ask you this question? Sure. The question is, you know, when you deal with the reality of God's will or one's perspective about God's will and grace, there will be a conflict depending on your view. If you think that God's will is that, you know, like let's, let's, let's say they think God's will was that that guy that you were with, it was God's will that y'all were together from the foundations of the earth. And if that's the case, then why do you need grace to fix that mistake? Or, or to fix that situation? Or why is it even a question about you leaving if from the foundations of the earth you were supposed to be with this person? How about, what if, this question, what if the, the, the power of grace is, is to, place us in a, in a, to place us with an opportunity to get inside of God's will because we make a lot of decisions outside of his will. We have a lot of power outside of God's will. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that was what, and, and in, in getting into the marriage, that was what happened to me. And what I mean by that was, you know, being raised and my grandmother always said to me, there's a man that needs you for his wife. And I, I always looked at her and I was like, you're just being so melodramatic. But you but could preach my that, grandmother, that would preach. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah. I mean, but my, I mean, my grandmother was, she, she always said that to me. And, you know, I was young. I was, I was young. I was having a good time. I was like, whatever, you know, but I kind of understand that better. I see that better now as I got older and I started really thinking very intentional about what God is doing in my life and, and the people that come into my life. I started understanding a little more about what she was saying. Um, and then Bishop Bell always said, you don't marry for love, you marry for ministry. And I used to always think, what? You know. But so what I do believe is that just like I was saying at the beginning of this, that I believe God packages very well. I believe God gives you what you need and what you desire in the person that he has for you. I know a lot of people say that the fear factor of, well, maybe he's this and maybe he's that, but maybe he won't be able to meet my needs and maybe he won't be this, that, and the other. I don't think God is like playing a trick. I think that God is very intentional in his creation. And I think the things that I bring to the table, the things I bring to a relationship, there's a man that needs what I bring, my gift, my calling, my personality, my interests, my dislikes. All of that comes to the table because it's who I am. And I believe the same thing for the person who comes into my life. So, yeah, I think you can miss that. But I think there's still this, um, 
this intentionality of God's creation that we have to be prayerful and search out. Yeah, I'm not gonna I, see. You want to stop right there? You want me to chime in right there? No, we're gonna chime. We're, yeah. we're gonna back up. <laughs> we gonna mm-hmm. back I'm up. I'm gonna leave it right, right there for you. Uh, I mean, I can go right. You're welcome. I can go from right there. That would be no problem. But I'd rather go back to this. But but so now, okay. The advice the that Bishop Bell, God bless him, nothing against Bishop Bell, great man. Went to a church a few times when I was in college. You know, get to the point. Don't marry for love, marry for ministry. Yeah. Now maybe that's a rule. That, maybe, maybe that rule makes sense for him, because that's his life. Maybe that rule would make sense for me, but that rule don't make sense for Ralph Clanton. You know, just regular old Joe, who ain't got ministry but definitely got well, love. He was talking to me. He was talking to people in ministry. Oh, that's what he talking to. to. Oh, so this wasn't like church wise advice. Yeah, this wasn't like open, open forum. This was. This is closed setting with Um, with the with the preachers. Okay. This is this is for people in and, but even in that context, you know, the person that you attach your life to, if you have any kind of call to ministry, the person that you attach your life to has to understand. The, the time, the energy, mentally and spiritually, that goes into ministry. And if they don't have a heart and a love for ministry, it's going to create a tug of war. And that tug of war is going to, I, I have a friend. If they don't have a heart and a love for you, that's going to create, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Well, I agree. But, I agree. But here's what I'm saying is that, that I believe that's in the package. It's kind of to me like when you look at a car and all you know you want is air conditioning. You're like, it's going to be hot in the summer. I know I want air conditioning. But then you also find out in the winter that you have seat warmers too. There, there's, there's stuff that's in the package that may not have been in your intent or your request that I believe God puts in there. I don't believe God is going to put you with somebody for ministry and y'all can't stand each other. I believe that God will put that bond between you in, into each of you for, because how can two walk together unless they agree? Through a scripture in there. You did. I'm kind of proud of myself for that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did too. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just, I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to leave that. No, no, I'm gonna leave, no, I'm gonna, no, I'm no, gonna no, go for it. No, I'm going to let, go no, let that one ride out. I'm just going to go with you and just say amen to that one. Even, even, Why not? Even, uh, see, my, here's my problem with Marvin. Okay. My problem with it is... You can be with somebody... And they 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 be as churchy or whatever as anybody else. But if they don't if they ain't in love with you, when things get rough, things get hard, it, they, there's nothing holding them there. Oh, I agree, and that's why I say I don't think that that they the two are in isolation. Right. Well, sometimes they I, do. I don't think, sometimes they are. I, I don't think the two are. I, I don't. No, I'm saying when it's the right person, you can get because there are a lot. There are a lot of 
Christian, saved, Pentecostal, filled with the Holy Ghost men that I don't want to go to Burger King with. Now, let's spend the rest of my life with. So, there, it's not... You say Burger King. <laughs> yes, I said Burger King. So, it's not that I think that it's in isolation. I believe that when it is God, God is a God of provision. God is not a God who wants you to go lacking. God will give you what you need in a relationship. And that's why I believe I am created, you are created, each and every one of us are created to be someone's companion in a specific context that speaks to what God created us for. Because I can, I mean... I can be with somebody, you can be with somebody, anybody can just pick somebody. But where is this person in line with where God is taking you and what visions God has given you for ministry? Because you can fall in love with a couple of y'all. Yeah, yeah, but you can have, you, but if you have purpose with somebody you ain't in love with, then purpose, purpose will not be enough to keep you. That's why I'm saying that God, I don't believe she needs, God. She needs, she needs to like you. So he needs to like you. They need to, they need, they need to be in love. Right. They need to be in love that, with you. I'm saying it's, I'm saying God is inclusive to, to God creates a great package deal. I'm not saying that God's package, I'm not, is, is, you know, this person is not going to walk on water because they're human. But I believe that God gives you what you need. And if we don't believe that God gives us what we need, then we got to cut that has to cover across the board. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. If we don't believe, if we don't believe that, we got an issue. Right. Yeah. Because if we, if, you know, if we're going to say we believe that, you know, God has um, some intentionality in your calling, in your gift. You mean you tell me that he won't make somebody to go with you for the journey? I mean, evidently he will. I mean, Peter's wife, Peter's wife had to deal with Peter traveling all over the world, you know, all over all over Galilee and up into Jerusalem with this Jesus guy while she stayed at home with their sick mother in law. And uh and she did. And then Jesus came and healed the mother in law, of course. But uh Peter's wife had to be accommodating to that. You know, um, take, it, take, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to uh, to do these things. I, I guess, I guess, like it's, like we start talking about God's will and our love life, it's such a personal thing that it it also really affect our theology. I mean, it, I mean, it 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 really should it really should be huge in your right, theology. Right. I mean, if, if you if you believe in something like strict predestination. Then you ain't been in no relationships before. <laughs> you know, your experience should tell you, wait a minute, wait a minute. This can't be it. Because this Well, don't make so let me sense. ask you well, this. Go ahead. Since you want to bring up the, the predestination piece, what about um, from the context of um, people that help you get prepared. So can these people that may not be the person be part of, of 
of God helping to prepare you. God, God, God preparing you or allowing you to end up in situations that make you better or bring the best out of you is not a, a function of, I would say, strict predestination. And what I mean by that is you know for yourself that many of the things that prepares you for who you are, you didn't have to get in them. You could have avoided it. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, 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 what are your thoughts on um, how how interactive do you think that this, whether it's predestination or or not? Because I, you know, I hate to hear people because I think they frame it the wrong way when they say this perfect will and permissive will. Mm. I think we use those very poorly I, I, I agree. to justify some some old bad phrases. decisions. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. think we use I that agree. to justify some old phrases. I, I would That's just me. This this is what I would say, Marvin. I explain it, and this is something that we I, that we should probably, you know, go over once or you know once or twice uh, as we go on. How I see it is this, that God has a will, this overarching will for the world, for the universe, right? He has a, he has a, a cosmological will, and uh, in his will, God is going to get his way. However he intends for things to end up, it's going to happen. Now, there are very few people that, pay, that play such an integral part to his will that he takes away their... Uh, ability to have or engage in free will choices but even when he takes away that ability uh, uh, it, it's very few and far between most of us have free will we have the we have the, the choice to participate or not participate now when we choose to participate what then happens is we have the option even then we have the option of allowing the Holy Ghost to lead us and the Holy Ghost will lead us down a path that is in God's will. But even being Holy Ghost filled and being led down a path that's in God's will, we still have the choice to make as to whether or not we follow it. Because then there are other things that interact with us as we interact with God's will. And the things that interact with us screws us up. Like our, uh, our desires, our attractions, our weaknesses, our proclivities. All these things interfere with us. And our motives. And our sometimes motives. Our motives. And our motives but sometimes our motives can be just as bad, just as just as wild, right? Just as influential, right? And so what happens is all these things they play their part, and as they play their part in interacting with us, as we are trying to interact with God's will, we we, we literally pray on ourselves because we want the miracle to happen, and that prayer is, "Your will be done in my life." For His will to be done in, in our life perfectly is 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 a miracle. It's a miracle of phenomenal proportions. But people don't understand that because they don't understand what all goes into making their life. Think about this. I'm going to use this as an example. Hopefully I can make this example figure, help you understand what I just said. Jesus says to his disciples, he says, love one another. Right? And then he goes in the next chapter, he goes and he prays to God. He says, Lord, make them one. Now, this is what I got from that. Loving one another is easier than achieving unity. Unity is going to take a miracle. Jesus prayed for unity and commanded love. 
You know what I'm saying? So, 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 right. so. Right, and that's what I mean when yeah. I say the bond. Right, right, right. Yeah, right, right. I think that's the mirror. Right, right. But that, but that, but that, but that also exists in how we go to God with our lives. The the miracle is that we remain at all times in accordance with His will. That that is that is a miracle. That we remain, that at no point in time do you get angry about the circumstances you are in because this is God's will for my life. As I have now, I'm being led by the Holy Ghost to be where I am or to be engaged with. I mean, right right now, I'm in a situation right now, Margaret. I'm in a situation right now where I'm wrestling with a personal decision because I think that I'm being exploited. I think somehow I'm, I'm not in the right place. And and, and, and so I'm I'm halted between two opinions, but now what happens is, if I say to God, Lord, Your will be done, then what I should do is take my hand off of the will, off of the W H E E L, the controlling mechanism, and put myself inside of God's will, the W I L L, where He is the one in control, and then go from there. Now that is what I should do. And the question is, and that's not always. That's not. Is, right. are, are you saying that is being passive, or does that mean? It might be. What does that mean? It, it, it might not be being passive. It might be being aggressive. I talked to a bishop one time, who was. It seemed as if he was. So, if you're being aggressive, that's almost like a chips fall where they may. No, 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 no. no let me let me let me explain it like okay. this. I talked to a bishop one time who was doing some very big things and trying to make some moves and do some things in the church. This was some time ago. This was not recently. This was some time ago. And I said, man, I said, you are really, you're really going after this. And what he said to me was, no, I'm not going after a thing. I'm pursuing God's will aggressively. Mm. So, so, so now, now that, that, that pretended that, that, that pretends that he already knows what God's will is and this, that, and the third. And that's fine. That is fine. If you be so bold to make that statement about your life to know perfectly what God's will is, go for it. But for those of us who don't know, we kind of have to we have to be passive. You can't be aggressive unless you know. When you are when you're trying but to figure now, it out, so are you, you can't be aggressive. That you can or cannot know. Oh, you can know. You can you can know what God has for you if you if you remain in his will. You can know. You can know what point B is. You can know what getting to the other side is. What you cannot what you cannot manipulate is the conditions between point a and point b you have to deal with the conditions I, between yeah. point a and point b when you're making that transition between point a and point b, lord says let's go to the other side but what you need to understand is when he says let's go to the other side that you're going to make it to the other side period what you cannot control is what happens between point a and point b and what happens between point a and point b is when your faith is tested because your faith has to remember that he said, let's go, and we're going together. So if we're going together, he going to get there. I got to get there. Right? Right. But, 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 but when that wind is blowing, it's like, well, duh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Little do we know, though, sometimes the wind is blowing because it's taking, they're trying to push us to our destination quicker. There's a, difference, there's a difference between wind blowing and a contrary wind. You understand what I'm saying? Mom, you hanging hang in here with me? This, this is a good moment, right? This, this is something good that's going to help somebody. The contrary wind... I know, I'm with you. The contrary wind is against you. 
it is against you. The contrary wind is, is, is impeding your progress. But then there's another wind that is not contrary. And it's blowing ferociously. It's blowing hard. It might be creating turbulence. But in reality, it's pushing you quicker to your destination. Jesus, why, why do I need to be pushed quicker to my destination? Why don't I need peace in this journey? You don't need peace in this journey because I have to get to my destination as quick as I can. There's a man over there in them tombs that need to have the devil cast out of him. I can't be sitting here waiting for you to roll me across this still water. I need some turbulence. I need some wind to push me to my destination quicker. Well, what happens? I can't stand going that fast. So, Lord, I get upset. And then God has to say, well, peace be still. And what happens is... We slow down. You slow down. You might get you might get peace in the boat. Might feel good to have that peace. But that dude that really needs that miracle, he gotta wait that much longer for you to get there. You was on your way. But you got scared of the turbulence. You got scared of the wind. It wasn't a contrary wind, it wasn't against you, but you got scared of it nonetheless. Because it was uncomfortable. When you when you're in his will. The turbulence is just a test. When we're out of his will, the turbulence is to kill you. Trust me, the turbulence is to kill you. Peter did not say, Lord, if it be your will, let me come. Peter says, Lord, if it be you, then let me come. Well, Jesus is like, well, it is definitely me. Y'all think I'm a ghost, but it's definitely me. So Peter starts walking on the water to get to Jesus and he notices the wind and his exuberance got him to a place where his faith could not hold him up. And remember we said he began to sink. How do you begin to sink in water? I don't, I don't know. But he began to sink. But Jesus says it's okay. And he saves But you him. know that's um... Sha Sha Bo Sha. Just seemed like that was appropriate right there. Hey, y'all, and preachers that's watching this, that's good for Sunday morning. Y'all can use that. I'm not going to hold it against you. If you want me to clarify it, just inbox me. I'll tell you how it works. <laughs> so, um, in the context of attaching one's life to another person, mm. and you talk about the, the turbulence and the contrary winds, mm. um, you know, a lot. I, I listen to women who have this very fairy tale um, kind of, I guess, perspective on relationships. And as much as I don't believe in a quote-unquote fairy tale in this um, night and shiny summer, I do believe that there are certain things that happen. Um, in a relationship that helped you to endure the hard times. Okay. Because because going through hard times with somebody who's who's on your team is totally different from going through hard times with somebody you couldn't stand before the storm. And so when when I say that that I believe God is intentional and He creates you know a person that is for your life. 
that's not just for the beautiful, wonderful days. That is for the turbulence, too. Ain't no argument for me. Life, I mean, life is going to have ups and downs. A lot of ups and downs. But, but it's totally different to go through those things with somebody and say, hey, you know what? We are in this. Than to go through that and somebody be like, you know what, can I just push you on off the boat too? And then, then that's one less thing I got to worry about. <laughs> Those are two different mindsets that, you know, that can happen. And and so that's why I'm always like <laughs> thinking in terms of why it makes sense that this person can't just be wonderful for, for right now. This person has to be built for the road ahead. Mm. Um, that's a truck commercial, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Four tough. Just compare the relationship to a truck. F one fifty. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but in in preparing for the road ahead, you can't you can't see the the details, the dirty details of that. Mm. Sometimes you can't imagine where ministry or life is going to take you in the next two days. Near less six months. Oh, me. And so in that, you have to have a place of believing that God can give you the person for that journey who can be there for you, who's in that with you. And I think that's what, what Bishop Bell's tone was when he said, you know, you marry for ministry because if I have I've, I had a friend who was married. He loved the woman. The woman loved him, but they were not um, they were not on the same page as far as um, how important things of ministry were. And it became so evident in just some some not only some practical ways, but it affected ministry and. So you can love somebody who's not who's not for your journey. Well, let, let me I mean, let, let me let me let me let me back up because I want you to go back to that. But I want you to, you made so many ex- excellent points that I don't want to forget. There's one point you made that I think is really really big, and okay. that is when you're going through these storms. The issue I have with I have with the storms. Is that okay? Remember the, in, the, in the story of Jonah, all right? When they when Jonah says Jonah says, "Yo, this is my fault," right? He says, "This is my fault. I've run away from God. It's my fault." Jonah's telling them his fault, and he's trying to get them to throw him overboard. He's really he's trying to get them to do it. Do you know that they went through great extents to try not to throw Jonah overboard? They didn't want to get rid of him. They were intent of him staying on that ship. Because they did not want to get rid of Jonah, probably knowing who he was. And the thing that gets me, think about this. They said they said two things. One thing really got my attention. The first thing was, let's try to let's let's try to get back to the shore and wait the storm out. They were willing to go right back to where they started, go back to point A, rather than throw Jonah overboard. Let's just get back to the shore. We'll go back to the shore and we'll and we'll be cool. And Jonah, you'll be straight. And, and and I'm sitting here like I said, so attached to this man in, in in their in their flesh or their devotion to him for whatever reason that they would not throw him overboard. People ain't generally that loyal. You know, but when they throw Jonah overboard, 
and they get rid of Jonah. So why do you think they were loyal? Was that what? What was behind their loyalty to Jonah? Was it that they recognized that Jonah? I'm gonna tell you, I, was significant. What was their reason? I, I get the sense because I always am, I'm always curious as to why people get invested in other people. Like, what is your reason why this is? Worth the investment. Well, without without getting too far deep into it, because we want to go to the other point you were making, without getting too far deep into it, allow me to, to postulate this theory, and that is, I okay. think Jonah was the T.D. Jakes of his day. Okay. And, and, and what I mean by that was, I believe that Jonah was one of the premier preachers of his time. The reason I believe that okay. is because God required him it's not like God didn't have somebody else. Gave him a specific time. He, 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 right. he made Jonah, and Jonah said no repeatedly and tried to get away from it repeatedly, and God still made him do it. Okay, so let's not get sidetracked there. Okay, Go back okay. to your... So, 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 so the, the point is, sometimes we don't get rid of things or people because we are attached to them, and, 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 and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. In Jonah's case, it was God's will that he be thrown overboard. But just in general, as a life thing, when you're with somebody in a relationship, you should be willing to go through those hard times, and you should do everything possible to not throw them overboard. That 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 is the actual best response. That is that 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 is the the worst response is to throw them overboard. The, 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 the dude said, we don't want to throw Jonah overboard. His blood will be on our hands. We don't want to kill him. We don't want to kill the relationship. We don't want to kill him, man. He's important to us. But sometimes we will, when, when, the, when the winds get too rough and get too hard, and, 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 and you know it's somebody's fault. Jonah said, it's my fault. When, when, when somebody takes responsibility for us, it's my fault. The question is, are you going to be loyal enough to them to stay in the situation? Or are you going to say, well, it's your fault. <clears throat> well, and I think Deuces. maybe that's the reason why they struggled with throwing him overboard. Exactly. Because in throwing him overboard, it seems like finality. Right. It seems like an like an ending. It's over. Because right. because what God had provided is underneath the surface and you can't see that. And I think that we go into relationships with a perspective of only what we can see, not realizing that sometimes where things land, God still got provision. Yeah, but the thing whether whether anybody wants you to have provision or not, that provision is there. And so I think they were struggling with throwing him overboard because uh -huh. it looked like finality. So, so are you on the side of throwing the person, throw, throw that joke overboard that he can't do right? Just throw him overboard, huh? Get, get rid of him. Huh? Well, I, when he when Jonah says throw, him I'm talking overboard, about you. I'm talking about forget forget me. Jonah. I'm talking about forget Jonah. I'm talking about you and you you in the boat. That storm is getting rough. You and your man in the boat is getting rough. Are you with like? Well, it's your fault. <laughs> We're gonna just throw you overboard. <laughs> I'm gonna make this journey by myself. No, no, okay. I, but I Don't will say sure. this. Let me let me reframe what you're saying. I got I got to reframe what you're saying. <laughs> okay. And you're you're. You're going to like it and hate it all at the same time. I don't hate nothing. What are you talking about? So, so for, for me, as a woman, uh -huh. there are times in a relationship when a woman very much has to take a hands off and let God teach a man certain things. Okay. There are some things that I don't care how many times you say it, he's not going to receive it from you. That's true. He's not going to get it 
because you said it. Amen. There's just a thing there. That's true. And sometimes when God has 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 to deal with a man about something, women women like to nurture and in some ways rescue. Mm. And there are some things that you have to say, okay, God, you and him have to do this. But you're not talking about that right? may feel like that's what I was gonna say, that may feel like you have left him to handle it himself. And that may not be the case because you can still pray and intercede. Right. But some things you have to let him and God walk out because as a woman, you, you can't. But you have to. That, because that's what builds into his manhood. You didn't throw him overboard, though, right? He, You're not throwing him overboard. No, it's not throwing him right, overboard. Right, so he stays in the boat. You can't okay. create in him your child either. Okay. I, 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 I ain't mad. I think you're right. You're absolutely correct. I mean, there's some things you got to work out, right? And so a, a lot of times, especially in our culture today, mm -hmm. women women make their man their child. That's, well, that's a, okay, all right, that's next week. That's, that's, we're gonna start that next week. We're gonna start right there next week. We gotta go, Mom. We're gonna, we've been on this show. Wow. I, I like that. Okay, so, yeah, we, so we, part made, two, we made that. Part two God relationships, making men, making your man your child. No, no, the problem with making your man your child. Okay. That's, that's next week, all right? We gotta go, Mom. We've been, we've been on this too long now. This is, this is, a, I know, this right? is a good discussion. As always, all right. Uh, I, I look forward to it. Uh, and uh, uh, unfortunately, we haven't talked about some other things. But I think we're gonna. This is gonna end up being a three-part thing, Marvin. I thought it was gonna be two parts. This is gonna at, end up being, at least three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least three. But next week we're gonna start with that making the problem with making your man your child, and then the reverse: the problem with making your child your man. Uh oh, oh you hear it? And expecting him not to be your fixer. Oh, we gonna we gonna talk about this next week. Man. You know what? See, we gonna probably end up about six of these. We ain't gonna be we, all we right. All right, Marvin. So we gonna have to pause it here May and the... to be continued. May the Lord watch, watch between me and thee. Between me and thee. While we are, while we are absent one, one from, another. from another. Take care, Marvin.